Welcome to the Pet Cash Pod presented by Profluence Sports. You can visit all the other podcasts at profluence.com. We have athletes, founders, executives, investors, and just a bunch of smart people in sports. Like today's guest, Chase Garrett, he is the founder and CEO of IconSource. They are a marketplace service and technology provider within the NIL landscape. They not only service college, but also pros and, and other subsidiaries around it. They have a bunch of cool solutions. We talked through some of that. We talked through Chase's story up through the agency space, entrepreneurship, into working with a bunch of talent across Red Bull and the cool things he did there. Lots to learn. And uh, yeah, the, the athlete, influencer, marketing, brand deal space is super fascinating and uh, it impacts everything. So uh, worth the listen. Appreciate you being here. Let's dive in. Chase, appreciate you coming on today. It's uh, long overdue. I love what you guys are doing at Icon Source, and excited to dive into that today, and, and more so. You know, first off, thanks for uh, coming on on this this nice Tuesday morning. I know we'll probably release it on a different day, but uh, the week's back to it. School, football, everything. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to be part of it. I've been listening to your stuff for a while, seen plenty of our competitors on here, um, <laughs> and so. Yeah, excited to finally be on uh, and have my chance. <laughs> had, had to throw that in there. Yeah, no, I love it. Yeah, I guess let's just start from the top. You know, we don't have to go super deep, but, you know, just give us a little bit of your background. You've done a bunch of cool stuff on the branding side of things, and I think it's worthwhile to just go into some of that because that ultimately uh, led to the, to the opportunity you saw to build this into, you know, your own platform. Yeah, so I've been involved in sports my whole life as a lot of the folks on your podcast probably. I actually raced motocross as a young kid, so I was always really deep in the action sports community. Had a, a pretty weak professional career and simultaneously went to school, which is kind of not the, the typical route. But fortunately, I saw kind of the future and had a longer term idea. And so when I graduated, I actually went to UCF. I went to the other athletes that I was kind of been competing with, was friends with and said, hey, I'm the only guy that went to college that you know, I'm the, I'm the smartest person around, I'll do your contracts. So I was like 23, watching Entourage, just blindly trying to figure out how to be a sports agent, um, which was like a, a pretty like wild ride. My dad had been an entrepreneur, so I had the bug in me and I was like pretty excited to go out there and find a way to conquer the world. So did that in like just no clue what I was doing other than just building relationships, trying to leverage a little bit of intelligence. Got a couple good deals, a couple good athletes, worked with a good friend of mine who was on Carrie Hart's Supercross team who is living with Pink in Vegas. I did a stint out there, which was a insane stage of life. Uh, eventually working with a technology company and then found my way to Red Bull where I ended up joining their athlete marketing program building out the US Red Bull athletes so uh, which athletes would be great to work with Red Bull and then building the programming around them so that was how I got my legitimate experience in the space beyond my own entrepreneurial efforts um, right mix of both what is that more like talent identification for red bull or what did that look like yeah so it was um building kind of red bull's entire athlete marketing program so who is the next athlete that's um they would work with and red bull's really unique on 
they want to capture headspace they want authentic athletes that use the product and then creating the marketing activities around them so one of the unique things red bull does is build big projects so we would go to our athletes and be like what's your dream What's something you've always wanted to achieve? And it could be adjacent to their sport maybe, but we just had the firepower and really capital to make anything in the world happen. From owning a series that races airplanes to two Formula One teams, there was really nothing that was beyond our scope. I, I did a, almost did a project, scoped it out to send a guy to the moon to climb the biggest mountain. So yeah. that was a two and a half billion dollar project. Didn't come to life, but that was the realm that we, thought around which was insane yeah i always see a bunch of twitter threads and stuff it's like everyone sees red bull as this beverage company but they're really an experiential company and it's so yeah. true like you see the crazy jumps over things you see the jumping out of the the one guy did he did do it from space right the yeah. guy that came down i mean even around campus i how they'd always have the the little like trucks with the thing on top and they're throwing them out yeah. and hey you know have your red bull vodka it's friday night in college whatever uh, so I'm sure just as a brand validity standpoint, that was huge for you. Now, obviously, NIL comes around. You seem to see this new opportunity. When do, or, you know, what was really kind of going through your head? Were you like, ah, I, I doing this cool yeah. stuff with Red Bull, but I got to jump in. Yeah, yeah. It was really before the college NIL space happened. Um, I was currently working with such a broad scope. I had signed Reggie Bush from the NFL. Uh, Chris Bryant, baseball player. I also had a 13-year-old snowboarder, Red Gerard, who ended up going to win the Olympics in snowboarding. So um, I had this incredib incredibly wide range of athletes and really was amazed at how Red Bull built a $20 billion a year business, leveraging the authenticity that athletes brought to their product and brand. That was essentially the exclusive way they, they built and grew themselves initially. And so meanwhile, influencer marketing had been growing rapidly and the demands of emerging brands to find that sort of advocate for their product and brand were growing but the ecosystem around athletes had not evolved it had been the same it was that one-to-one -one athlete agent who's in my network who has you know a significant budget that works with an agency that can make introductions and there just wasn't scale to the deeper roster of athletes that were from a community that believed you know, in a certain thing to really get behind partners. And so there was just a mismatch of, of value to be ex exchanged. And so in 2018, I was like, all right, I'm, I've got this idea. I've been sitting on it for a while, but it's, it's intimidating to leave a behemoth like Red Bull that gets you into everything. You know, I went right. to Formula One, Monaco, Wimbledon, Super Bowls, Olympics. There was, there was like nothing that wasn't on the menu when you drop your Red Bull card. And so to leave that and say, all right, I'm gonna go start this new idea uh, was, was intimidating. But so I, I left in 2018, sold my house and I'm like, I'm doing this, I'm launching off the, the entrepreneurial cliff for pro athletes at that stage. Connected with a buddy of mine who had his, you know, master's in computer science from Harvard. So I had that like check box of tech. And I said, I can, manufacture the market to to do stuff on the athlete and agent side if we can build sufficient technology and we'll go find brands so did that um had about 400 pro athletes and their agents i kind of conned into joining our marketplace and this ran, ran around and like started structuring deals which was exciting and, and really took off initially we got a couple hundred thousand dollars in deals uh athletes are really excited agents 
you know, at first we're threatened, but I'm like, listen, I'm, I'm not trying to cut you out. I'm trying to evolve you so you don't become irrelevant because we all know sports agents aren't on the bleeding edge of evolving their space. They kind of want to keep it relationship based to oh, yeah. protect their sort of moat of their business. So um, I was trying to empower that sector. And so it was exciting. We raised some fundraising and then all of a sudden 2020 hit and I was like, all right, well, this is super unpredictable marketing budgets are kind of evaporating and i was trying to figure out where is it going i think we got our last pre-seed check from mason plumley actually a basketball guy march like 5th 2020. <laughs> so i was like fired up we raised 500k let's go conquer the world and then all of a sudden like the world started crashing but we really saw the future around college name image likeness coming together and we said that's not my space but fortunately, athlete marketing has had no presence in, co in college. So there's not a lot of experts that come from that circle. Uh, let's take what we've learned, what we've established with the biggest names in pro sports and go into the college space. So that was the beginning of, of that sort of process. So we already had a little bit of a runway, but we were like not from the, the circle. We like didn't get included in RFPs. You know, I was like sending threatening emails to everybody telling them like, you guys are idiots like we're going to do this deal and everyone's like we already have our group of people that's that we love and work with and i was like your group of people have never done athlete deals so i was like all frustrated pissed off on the outside but it obviously ended up coming together so yeah no it's cool and in terms of scaling i guess on two sides how did you grow the business yourself because you said it was small when you first started and jumped into this and then also on the flip now with all these college athletes that came onto the market, how did you manage scaling on that brand side and the technology and, and all that goes into that? Yeah, so we started really by leveraging relationships. I'd been paying a lot of sports agents a lot of money for a lot of years at Red Bull. And so they, they all kind of said, we'll, we'll put our roster of athletes on. And so those are like the early believers. And so from there, you quickly run and you try to go find them deals. <laughs> so. Again, leveraging network and just hustling and finding deals with all types of different companies from, you know, former employers like Red Bull, you know, endemic brands, tech companies. And so we started bringing value to our first users and just kept kind of like growing. And it's just literally hard work, luck, and then so we got into like a thousand athletes on the platform. It made sense. There wasn't a lot of downside for the athletes and the agents. And so it just kind of continued to grow. And then from a college standpoint, we, we had some pretty big media opportunities that got our, our name out there that, you know, established us, you know, so. Yeah, and in terms of, and I, just before I basically ask this, you know, would you label your guys self as a, a two-sided marketplace or would you say three or, or where do you kind of sit? Like, what do you yeah, kind of, I, I mean, I know labels are just labels, but yeah, it's a two-sided marketplace. There's obviously a third user being the athlete's agent, the talent, right. um, and they have their own sort of user experience, but the deals are really coming from the two-sided experience from really the supply being the athletes and the demand being the, the brand opportunities. So. Yeah, and, and so basically that, that was going to lead into this, you know, two-sided marketplace, three-sided sort of, you plug this into NIL and NIL name, image, and likeness, like we've talked about, it's much, everyone knows it from college sports now, but it's much bigger yeah. than that. You know, how are you creating this community between the brands and the athletes using your, we'll call it digital 
middle, like to package yeah. it all together? Yeah, so, um, you know, it's funny. We initially created this to be a tech technology tool for, you know, self-service users. So brands that wanted to come in and do this and then athletes to manage themselves until they got an agent and then an agent to better manage their entire roster of hundreds of athletes. Um, and especially those larger agencies where college is essentially a loss leader because they're not making much money off these kids, but they're trying to recruit them to their agency. And now it provides them a streamlined approach to find them deal flow. So, you know, that was like the initial vision. But one of the things that we kind of like missed, and I think the whole college NIL space has got a massive gap here is for new participants to enter the space, new brands, new businesses to spend, they need a services experience. And we're selling a technology SaaS experience. And people just don't know which athlete should I work with? What creative should I come up with for my campaign? How do I produce and activate this? Uh, then how do I measure it? And so, you know, at Red Bull, we did all that in house and we were very, very savvy, but I think that's a really unique sort of place to be. And so we created this technology service and then found we had a ton of adoption, a ton of users and people were kind of just spinning their wheels lost a little bit. And I think what we've seen from the other groups is been a very similar experience. Like, uh, you know, our friends at Open Doors and Influencer and everybody that's created these experiences with really good tech. Um, I think they're not seeing the throughput that's been promised on, on uh, you know, investor decks when raising money. So it's been interesting to see that gap and, and we're trying to find ways to fill that to align with different services components, so. And in terms of the space now, and, and there, like you said, when 2021 came around, there's a big rush from other, not just brands and athletes in, but even other tech platforms or other groups, you know, where do you see sort of the state of that? Where is it evolving to? You know, where, what is it going to look like in the next, you know, over the next few years? Yeah, I think deal facilitation is going to continue to evolve because people demand transparency. People want to seat at the table. Athletes are getting more power to kind of determine and dictate their future. But I think nobody can really anticipate the process that that's going to happen or the speed. And so I think we're going to see a lot of folks that popped up start to go away. Um, I think that, you know, you could say uh, consolidation is probably the nicer way to put that, but I think a lot of people, the dream's gonna come to an end pretty soon. And so that's gonna be interesting to see. Some folks that have raised a lot of money, like 2021, when money was free and flowing, um, it's really hard to hit those projections because now you gotta kind of put, you know, your money where your mouth was. Um, and then some people are going to evolve and that's going to be, do you align with a services company? Um, do you have other tools, whether it's, it's providing content, uh, creation components that can be sold. I think it's just going to change. Uh, we've built like a, a very lean solution with a lot of like understanding in the space. So, you know, I feel really, really confident in our ability to stick around, but I think it's, it's going to be tough for a lot of folks to weather the weather the storm. Yeah, you can already uh, see it and feel it coming a little bit. And it's not just marketplace. There's a lot of just NIL companies in general. It's some of the ones that, that I always laughed about, but they got to be getting wrecked. And we'll kind of get to my point after this is a lot of the, they, everyone wanted to create these like NFT marketplaces for athletes yeah. and pay, and it's just like, uh, yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't think 
that's going anywhere. A lot but. of folks came out of the woodwork to make money off of kids on NIL <laughs> that had never done it before. You know, a lot of yeah. lawyers. It's all about the athletes. It's all about the players. Okay. Dude, the, the amount of people that say they just do it because they love athletes and they care so much about athletes, like, it's so dumb. I don't know. It's like, <laughs> why? Like, what do you have to do with athletes' lives? You know, like, it's just, that's your branding that, that you try to say to, like, make people feel good about what you're doing. So, I don't know. I don't subscribe to that. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, at the end of the day, there's always a financial monetization component. Why don't you just call it what it is? Hey, yeah, we want to help athletes, but also, like, we believe there's a good business model here. Like, it's... Oh, totally. I mean, I was an athlete. I think sports are great. My whole passion is how much money can I take from your classic influencer and bring it to athletes? That's how I say I love athletes. Um, exactly. Yeah, and, and just off that too, we've seen Web3 come and go. You know, what are, what's kind of the latest, and AI's now the hot thing, and I'm sure in another year it'll be a new thing. You know, what do you see in terms of like brands and activations when you get these really hot industries that are outside of sports that come in and usually spend a ton of money? You know, what, what is that current one now? And then, you know, what did it look like for Web3? What's the fizzle? What's the effect across the space? Yeah, I think we've we've ridden those trend lines kind of as they've come. The Players Lounge was a great partner, still is a great partner that had an NFT component. They've adjusted their business a decent amount. So Aaron Murray and Keith Marshall over there, love those guys. They have something awesome there. I think they signed the most college athletes of any other company. Um, and that was exclusively through us in the first year, like a couple hundred. And then, you know, the next iteration was AI. And I think you've probably seen Cactus AI. You know, they've exclusively used us to, to build their team. And they've and tell us a little bit about that deal, that some of the deals they've done, because they're, they're pretty creative. Um, I forgot. Totally. About those. So Harrison, uh, one of their co-founders, you know, my sales team had connected with him, got him in the door um, and started structuring some deals to really find athletes that aligned with their their system, which is an educational based AI solution to help kids go through college, um, build some framework for essays and different different components of your educational career. And it aligned really well with athletes as athletes are so uh, limited on time. So how can they be more efficient? How can they be more effective to digest material different ways, get assignments done uh, and not let things, you know, go missing and essentially let their academic career hold them back from their athletic career. So uh, they, they connected with a bunch of athletes, got the word out, and then it just exploded. Like I think they started in September, 2022. We, since they started working with us, we grew their revenue 1400% in like three months. Um, and so it was just exciting. You saw those deals with Livy Dunn, the Cav- Cavender twins, Jameer Gibbs, Angel Reese. I mean, they did, Harrison wasn't afraid of anybody and he wanted to be kind of controversial, lean into people's hesitancy of AI and education, like in a playful way, but also you can't deny that it's going to, it's going to have a place here. So, yeah, so that was really exciting. And and we've been, you know, helpful with them from that's where we've gone beyond just here's our tech platform, pay us a SaaS fee and good luck and take paid more of a, a uh, heavy hand in crafting a, an approach and selecting athletes. Yeah, so what's that look like? They come to you, Cactus AI, they say kind of what they're looking for, budget, and then your sales team basically goes and finds influencers or picks from a platform or what? what is that? 
process look like? Yeah, I mean, they, they connect with our team, they talk through what their goals are, and then we can kind of help craft ideas as far as this is how athletes could be used. This is really compelling ways to get earned media. So what's like that bonus traction you can get from doing a deal with this athlete? And then we have, you know, 20,000 plus athletes kind right. of ready to go when we send that out. So, and then executing. And then like, obviously we have the tech stuff buttoned up so we can send a deal out through the platform. It turns into a contract, payments automated through Stripe. It goes to the compliance officer. So that part of it is nice because you don't have to think about it. It's really the, what's the idea? And I think overall that's been what's missed in NIL. You just see a lot of guys taking photos or girls here's a cheeseburger, come eat at this place. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how can you be disruptive? How can you like really challenge the way people think about this stuff? So, and that's yeah. successful. No, that makes sense. And, and just speaking of trends, even Jim Cavell, he was on a few weeks ago from Influencer Now Building the Athletes Org. And he was just talking about this whole new NCAA model that could potentially spin up. You know, what are your thoughts from, you know, a different side of uh, the business now on where it's going and, and where you think we'll be in another two, three years in terms of just NCA and college sports as a whole. Yeah, it's funny. I get asked these kind of questions a lot. Like, what do I think about this? How do I feel about collectives? Is it fair? Is it right? Are people breaking the rules? And part of me is like, I don't really care a whole lot. I like that athletes are getting paid a bunch of money. You know, whether it's right or wrong, it's not that harmful right. you know kids yeah. are getting paid a lot of money that are great at their sport they've committed their life to it and i think you know like collectives are great but i don't chase them too much because i don't think that it really mimics our mission statement which is how can we connect athletes and brands uh for more deal flow for real value exchange like you know we're here to do those partnerships however the ncaa blows up or stays together or changes, I still think now that, that athletes are allowed to find those partnerships, I'm way less concerned on how much money is being made, how much you know, are kids getting paid, how are they gonna get paid, and I'm more of how can they find real brands that they're gonna change that brand's business, that they can unlock a tremendous amount of new consumers, build trust around a product, get experience as an athlete as to what it's like to be a part of a marketing organization. And so that's like where we're like hyper-focused and you kind of got to have tunnel vision because, you know, in this world, you open up LinkedIn and there's talking heads everywhere talking about how the world's going to change and wanting to know. And I'm like, dude, all I want to do is create immense value between brands and athletes because the influencers of the world, the hot girls taking photos on the beach are whooping everybody's ass and doing brand <laughs> deals. And we're so obsessed with, is this fair? Is this right? And it's like, no, man, we got to find ways to literally deliver serious value with athletes or they're going to just continue to get paid, you know, illegally or strangely or through collectives or yeah. some other way masked as real NIL. So. Yeah, no, I appreciate you keeping it real. It's that's definitely the, the reality of it. Uh, that's that's for sure. And I guess, you know, any any other trends in sports that uh, you have your eye on or you're, you're paying attention to you think are interesting? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on, it seems. Going, yeah, going back to the AI thing, it's really interesting to see how can we do more of the thinking for brands? You know, that's something that like, I feel like Apple always did a great job, which is funny because they're releasing their big update today for everybody that wants the timestamp when we're actually doing this interview. Uh, they always knew what people wanted before people knew. 
like you know I, I, they would come out of the product and I'd be like dude I don't even want that and then in three months I'd be like dying for it and so for us I think the ability to use AI to show brands how could they leverage athletes to build fully concept conceptualized activations campaigns and now maybe even the the assets to be created through AI is going to be really exciting because as I mentioned like we built a really powerful tech platform that has real connectivity to 20,000 plus athletes that respond in five minutes. That's like a really unique tech sort of evolution that we've created, but now we're stuck. How do brands come up with the idea? How do they execute it, produce it? And that's where it's exciting to see what AI has been able to do. And we're working with a couple of different groups on, on some evolutions in that area, because that way somebody comes in, the idea is put together for them, the, the connections possibly made, and then they just go, great, I can just hit this button and get it delivered to me. Yeah, I mean, I'm of the, the belief that AI is gonna revolutionize playbooks up to brand deals and everything. It's, it's really just gonna fine tune it. It's just gonna take all the data and really optimize yeah. it is really what it's doing if you simplify it down. But yeah, no, Chase, this has been awesome, I guess. You know, any other initiatives you got going on or any other light you wanna shine on Icon Source? You know, now's your time um, as, as we close this one out. Yeah, um, just fortunate to be a part of the conversation. You know, starting a business, you, you probably wake up, I don't know, once a week thinking your whole world's coming crashing down. So we're super honored to be here five years later, playing a pretty important role in the evolution of the, the NIL space from professional athletes to college athletes with the Kavanagh twins and Boost Mobile to now working with high school athletes and finding brands uh, that are looking to activate with millions of high school athletes through our platform. And so, yeah, just like as you as an entrepreneur starting your business, I, it's been fun to watch. I think you've done a great job. It's an exciting, it's an exciting path. And um, yeah, grateful for the opportunity to tell a little bit of the story here. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, socials or, or website, where, where's all that at? Yeah. Iconsource.com. Uh, we have an app if you're an athlete and uh, Iconsource underscore is our Twitter handle. And I think maybe our Instagram handle, I should probably know that, but uh, yeah, some jabroni stole just icon source. And just yeah, I was going to say, what's up with the, you guys got to throw the little under. Dude, I mean, you got to think we're so connected to like meta and all these groups. And like, I have former interns that work there and I still can't nail down my own handle. It's insane. But crazy. You know what? Crazy. That gives you the chip on your shoulder to just like keep pushing. So <laughs> icon source underscore, we're keeping it real. We don't charge athletes. So that's kind of a cool thing. I think Barstool really took the PR approach of that, but we were doing it before them. So really proud to have, uh, you know, given up that revenue opportunity and not really even let anybody know about it. So <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Now Chase, thanks for coming on. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll run round two sooner rather than later i know it's Let's it's go, 70 baby. 72 or three or four i don't even know episodes too late uh it should have been earlier awesome great man well appreciate you having me on and um yeah let's keep going